Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Day 39 of Come Get Slow here with the Six Cult with a, uh interesting uh, start to the show today. I want to address the big giant orange head in the room. We just had an election. It was a very polarizing election. We all know about this. Uh, I won't be a downer, and it won't be all negative and sad and, oh, my God, the world is ending type of conversation here. Uh, we do have, after I'm done talking about this, if you can't handle the, the political garbage, uh, after it will be a very fun, uh, lighthearted conversation with Pat X from over there at Dead X Radio, Pat Webb, the X. Uh, so Donald Trump won. Donald Trump won. I personally was not a supporter of Donald Trump's, but I understand why people did. They want to change. They're tired of the same old status quo in Washington. And the thing about Trump winning, though, is – you all believed him. This is a man whose whole campaign was based, first of all, on insults, and not just insults to uh, the mentally handicapped or insults toward – and everybody's rolling their eyes who's a Republican or who voted for Trump right now. But, uh, you know, not so – you know, was, was disrespectful of the women and, and all these things that you heard. I mean his, his whole slogan was make America great again, and America was already great. There are things about America that weren't so great. That's what we need a good president in office to do to change what's not great about America. But America in general is great, and it's pretty sad that that was the campaign uh, that took us – has taken us to the next four years uh, in this country. Now, here's the thing is uh, what, what is the change that Donald Trump supposed to bring us? Why, why did people like Donald Trump so much? And the thing was that Hillary would bring, bring four more years of status quo, four more years of what Obama brought us, four more years of, of that kind of thing that uh, was hurting people in some way, shape, or form financially and uh, was just not, not working out for our country, not in our country's best interest. So with Donald Trump's doing in our best interest, in our, in what people believe is Donald Trump's a millionaire, by the way. He's never had to worry about money. This man is uh, a man who made a mint off of a clothing line manufactured through trade. But he's the guy that's going to create new jobs by cracking down on trade. He's a guy who's going to uh, do these things. He's the working class. I heard him refer to it as the blue-collar millionaire. What is that? He's going to help the working class. He's the working class nominee, and I'm going, well, you believe him? Yeah, you know there was another guy everybody believed it was really excited about it named George Bush Senior, and uh, we read his lips. He said no new taxes, so it had to be true, right? We did read his lips, and and there were new taxes. So I, I don't know how you believe that when a man uh, campaigns and nothing he says can be believed, unless you just turned a blind eye to that, which I get. You know you want that change so desperately. Now now here's the thing. Is uh, you know, imagine you have a nanny that doesn't take very good care of your kids, and you need a change. Every nanny you look at is just like the last nanny, they're all just the average nanny, and you don't know if they're going to be able to relate to your kids. But you get this one nanny 
who's just real nasty. She's got hairy moles. She's got lice. She can't stop touching her genitals. And she's got this rubber band around her arm she forgot to take off last time she shot up. But you know what? This is different. Let's take a shot with her. She, oh, oh, my God. I just described Nanny McPhee. So maybe this could work. Not but I get it. Look, I get it. He said a lot of nasty things, Donald Trump. He's done and said a lot of terrible things. And, and maybe some of these things can be dismissed as locker room talk or as just him being on the defensive. And he's just so desperate to get in office and win this election. He'll say anything. And it, all, and it worked. And, and it worked. And maybe you're thinking, okay, he said some things that sound racist or xenophobic or, uh, or, or almost like Hitler. And, and maybe he's just oblivious. Maybe he's just as lovably not racist as you might think Archie Bunker was. So I'm willing to let that go because we don't know what a presidency under Donald Trump looks like yet. We know how we feel like it's going to look at, and it's pretty depressing for a lot of people. But there's one thing about Donald Trump I can't get past that I want you all to hear here. And uh, again, this isn't going to be like a total bashing Donald Trump negative thing, but there's rape charges against this guy. There's people of the six people, maybe more now, who claimed that he sexually assaulted them. There's even a case that I pointed out on election night of a 13-year-old girl who charged him with rape. And look, no one can verify this story because she keeps she keeps dropping the charges because she keeps fearing for her life. She says this is all alleged. It's not verified. He's he's not convicted of these crimes. But the mere idea, as a father of a little girl. The mere idea that this man may have raped and molested a little girl and other women, that makes it a little bit problematic for me in the workforce. In the workforce, it is problematic, and this is why there is defamation of character lawsuits. If you're accused of rape of any kind, much less molesting of children, it's difficult to find a job and work because your reputation has been marred. This matters everywhere except here in this election, and I don't understand that. And I know people who've been molested and raped, and they can tell you the idea that people will ignore and turn a blind eye to the charges of rape or molestation because we just don't know if it's true. And suspicion that it's just there's an ulterior motive is a really difficult thing for a victim to stomach. And uh, it disgusts me that we're in a place where we're able to do that, which takes me to the protesters. So there's people out there protesting. They want to change something that's a hundred-year tradition. It's a hundred-year tradition that people will, who, who half America hates will be the president of this country. <laughs> it, it just is. These protests aren't going to change that. We have a president now. It's one a lot of us hate. He didn't win the popular vote, but he's the president. And Hillary Clinton herself said it. We need to give him a chance to lead. Shut up. Sit down. Look, you have families at home, you, the protesters out there. You have families at home who are shocked. Scared and bewildered is the first time you all sat down together to watch Big Top Pee Wee on Netflix. You go home to your family. Your family needs you, and you're going to prove him right. He's going to create all kinds of hundreds of new jobs because you're all going to get fired when you miss work protesting. And all the people trying to get work like good ordinary citizens are going to get fired because you're in their way to go to work. Then you're going to make them look really good. But here's the thing. There's a guy out there named Pat Webb you're going to hear right now in my interview here, part one, from Dead X Radio, who did vote for Trump. And in his victory as a person who supported Trump as blindly as he did, <laughs> he showed a little bit of class and grace, and he made a statement I love. 
and I'm going to quote him, and that is, let's stick to what makes America great, the people. The only way we can keep this country great and survive any kind of ridiculous tyranny that Donald Trump might bring to this country is if we're good to each other and continue to be the great citizens we're capable of being. And I think that's how I'm going to end this. Everybody, I understand it's a bad time. We're all upset. There's people who think that people are protesting because uh, they won't get their handouts anymore from the Democratic nominee, and I think that's a pathetic statement of untruth. Most people just don't want the face of America to be the jerk-off that other countries always claimed us to be. But let's be good to each other. Let's be positive. Let's drop the sad cry act. It's terrible. Unless we find out, I'm prepared to move on and support this president as I supported every crappy president before. Unless we find out he actually did molest and rape somebody, which I'm really concerned about this, um, let's, uh, let's just be good Americans, and let's, let's try to push this country into a whole other area. And if we have to, uh, uh, let's just really shake this up again in four years. So anyway, here comes Pat Webb. Enjoy. Okay, so today uh, I have a special guest here today. Sometimes you run into a situation where you uh, run into somebody who's louder and more outrageous than all the rest, and they're more uh, more unusual and more blunt, and for some reason you're more drawn to them. And I know one such man here today is on my show. He is a co-host of Dead X Radio, co-star of the upcoming, uh, fingers crossed, soon-to-be-released Dead X Chronicles, uh, Pat Webb. Hello, Pat. Yes, you're live on Dead X Radio. Thank you for calling. <laughs> well, we've been in that spot Amazing. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wait, this is your show. I forgot. I'm this is my show. I actually have one. I have a credit card and an idea, Pat. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. Actually, that was John's joke. I'm giving you credit for it, but that was John's joke. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? Because I know you uh, you got diabetes and you had, like, a heart scare all at the same time. Like, it all hit you at once recently. Yep. Five months ago in July, I sure did. Uh, actually, I feel terrific, better than I have in decades. Um, I just went to the doctor recently, and uh, they gave me an A+. Plus. Uh, they said wow. I'm doing great. I've lost 30 pounds, and since it is National Diabetes Awareness, and everybody knows that I've dyed my hair blue for diabetes awareness, since it's the month, I really just want to make sure the word gets out there that, hey, go get yourself checked. Get your parents checked, get everybody checked, and make sure you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And, and there's no actual, you know, maybe you can help me with this because I'm not that educated about it, but what, what is there? Is there an age range or anything, or diabetes can hit you at any time, uh, any age? Yeah, diabetes can hit you at any age. Uh, there's, uh, you know, juvenile diabetes, there's type 1 diabetes, there's type 2 diabetes. And, uh, yeah, what I forgot to say before, too, is also... Uh, as Awareness Month, go donate. Uh, help people out. You can save a life, maybe even mine. So, Absolutely. Other than that, though, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible disease, uh, something I never wanted to hear in my life. But you know what? I accepted it. I've taken the challenge, and uh, I'm doing great. I mean, you know, anything that could have made me lose 30 pounds was probably <laughs> a blessing in disguise. <laughs> well, I've said it, and I've actually given a lot more people credit. I've given some people uh, uh, on Twitter, some friends of mine credit, because they've had a lot of weight loss, and they've inspired me to, to, to be healthier. But you've also inspired me in the way that I see that you're in my age group, 
and you're forced to do this. Like, you weren't ready to do this, but you were forced to. And I'm thinking, why should anyone wait till they're forced to, except, especially when they have kids? Like, you have a little one, so this is like a, a second chance for you. It is. And you know what? Uh, originally, I looked at it as forced to, but now I feel that, like I said, it was a blessing in disguise. I, I've uh, taken it in, and I, I've just followed a good diet. Um, I try to exercise when I can, and, you know, cutting out the drinking and the heavy partying and cocaine and everything else that I used to do uh, really helped that along the way. You know, plus I have a great show. I have, like you said, a little one at home I need to be around for. Uh, So, you know, it's important to do the right thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to probably ask you for some dietary uh, tips. Like I know I, I thought you were busy making a chef salad or something because I've been trying so hard to get a hold of you for this interview. <laughs> like this guy's trying new uh, recipes out or something over there. Yeah, um, actually, I'll probably have a salad after our interview. Um, I've already had breakfast, so it's going to be lunchtime. Is that your uh, go-to? As you know, yeah. As you know, I drank three cups of coffee for your safety and. Uh, <laughs> And everybody knows me, knows that this is my morning. You know, everybody else, it's afternoon and heading into whatever. This is me waking up and and being me. Well, it makes sense because I see you on Facebook and I see you on Twitter at like 3, 4 a.m. And like I do it because I'm there because I work late. But you are just, you're, you're, you have that party mentality. Like you, you grew up, your entire life has been a late night thing, hasn't it? Yeah, it's called nocturnal. You're nocturnal, and, and that's definitely what I am. So, so when does uh, when does uh, uh, when you were younger? Let me say, when you were younger, did you have goals other than what you're doing now? Did you see this being what you do, or did you have something where you're going to be like a veterinarian? What did you think you were going to be when you were like in high school? I know you're going to laugh. Uh, well, in high school, I was doing drugs. <laughs> Uh, okay. So actually, my, my aspiration as a kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Did you do uh, any that, anything, uh, any research on archaeology or anything, or just was just uh, a, well, a thing? Yeah, I sure, I sure did, which leads me into what I do today, because, you know, Easter Island and the Bermuda Triangle and the pyramids and everything was always an interest to me as a kid. Uh, but going up haunted house, you know, I went this direction. But you have to understand, Chris, as far as being a radio uh, talk show host, no, I did not see that in my future. Back in the day, I was doing, you know, singing in rock bands, and and then I went on to do some comic stuff, you know, comedian uh, shit. So, uh, which I'm glad because now I could use it with DeadX Radio, and I do. So it all worked out for the best. And I love what I do, and I I love the guys with DeadX Radio. I couldn't ask for a better crew to do this with. No, definitely. You you watch it on TV, and it looks like a lot of fun. And then when I come and I sit in with you guys, I I feel it. I mean, there is it is a fun atmosphere, and it's a great thing uh, what you guys do over there. So, so your first thing you did when you started trying to do anything was to try to start a rock band. Yeah, I was in four rock bands. So yeah, I uh, I, I toured around the state of Florida and stuff like that. Um, tried to cut an album, but. Ego's attitudes and uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know. Don't mix. Sometimes, yeah, don't mix, and uh, keeps you at the fucking bottom of the barrel. Excuse my language. <laughs> I don't know how uncensored you are. That's okay. It's PG-13, so, you know, the F word slipped a few times. No one said anything. Uh, iTunes hasn't tagged me for explicit yet, so there's there's that. 
Um, okay. <laughs> you did the comedy shit. Um, was there uh, is there anywhere anywhere people can go and see your comedy stuff? Do you have anything on YouTube or anything from your comedy days? Uh, I'm actually uh, situation. I did a situational comic. I had never done stand up yet. Uh, I'm not saying that's any out of my future. Uh, but I did situational comic. I did a lot of stuff with uh, Here to Offend You. It was, it was just retarded, uh, funny stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, like an improv. Stuff. Uh, it was just uh, it was a pa- it was time in my past. <laughs> I, I'm much more happier what I'm doing now and uh, getting out uh, that I still could be outrageous and have fun and, you know, do what I do. So if anybody wants to check out what Patrick X really does, it's deadxradio.com. That's right. Now you got uh, you got going on this thing where you started a paranormal company called All Things Paranormal. Uh, how, how did that come about? Um, actually, like I said, uh, growing up on it and everything like that, I always had the interest. Uh, when I was young, there was nobody around that could help us out, me and my family, and stuff. I mean, my mom called in the church, brought in a psychic. We were told, "Yes, your house is haunted" and stuff like that. But as I grew up and really started realizing that this was a thing and, uh, you know, people actually go and investigate it. Well, that was right up my alley. Like I told you earlier, I grew up loving the macabre and, and, you know, creepy things and horror movies and, you know, it's my thing. Uh, so doing it together. And of course, uh, like, you know, Jeffrey, uh, Hillier has been my friend for over 25 years. Uh, that he's the first person I called to get involved with me, uh, to do it, so he helped me co-found All Things Paranormal, and, you know, we did uh, residential uh, investigations and stuff like that back in the day. Uh, you know, now as DedX Radio or whatever, we're leaning more towards uh, the event, uh, event investigations and uh, commercial investigations and stuff like that with Chronicles. Uh, other than that, though, we're still available to help anybody, and if we can't, we certainly will put uh, somebody in contact with a team that can if we're busy. So, I mean, we're still very much uh, paranormal investigators at this point, uh, you know, but we're just trying to bring entertainment um, into uh, the genre of paranormal, uh, bring back the fun and horror and sci-fi and uh, just have a good time doing it. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that in a second. You actually thought, uh, brought something up for me, but uh, you said you grew up in a haunted home. Uh, what kind of things? I don't think I've ever heard you talk too much about it. Uh, what exactly happened in the house? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it was the common things, the whispering, uh, footsteps, uh, objects being moved, uh, uh, displacement. You know, you'd put something down, your keys, and then they would be somewhere else. Uh, wow. One of the funniest things uh, I can remember from my uh, experience was uh, after my grandfather had passed because he lived with us back in the day. Or whatever. Now he actually passed in the hospital, not in the house. But my grandfather had those big oxygen tanks, the big green ones, and he had a tubing that was probably over a hundred foot long, so he could get around. And, <laughs> and when the the tubing hits the oxygen tank, it makes a, a particular ping. It's a it's a you know it's a, a sound only that makes. You know. Right. You become familiar. And, yeah. Right. And there was many times after he had passed that he let us know that he was around because you would hear that coming from his room that he stayed in and you know what I mean and the oxygen tanks were out of the house by then and everything else but that distinct sound so it uh, always interests me I mean I, I was young I was like 9, 10 years old and scared the shit out of me a few times but other sure. than that though it was mostly just normal haunted stuff you know what I mean 
sure, absolutely. And, and you said it was called All Things Paranormal. Does that mean you, you investigated everything? Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, the whole shebang? Yeah, yes, absolutely. All Things Paranormal can, uh, com- uh, <laughs> uh, com- uh, never mind. It, yeah, it, what, what it took on everything. Yeah, apparently I'm not going to be able to say the word this morning. I, had, I need another cup of coffee. Ah, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it encompassed everything. That's what it did. Uh, I, I never wanted to leave out something. If it was unexplained or a mystery, then I wanted to make sure that we were available to do that. I'm trying to keep your minds open. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you, so is, that still, is that still active today, all things paranormal? Uh, well, no, not with uh, DeadX Radio. I, I seem to shelf that as of this point or whatever, um, you know, because now we have our group together that we do now. So, I mean, that's fine. But the premise of what All Things Paranormal is is still exactly the premise of uh, what us and the guys think and will do today. Now, yeah, uh, our show will be mostly commercial hauntings with the celebrities and stuff like that. But, you know, any time. I mean, in fact... Uh, in November, I was supposed to go, uh, I'm sorry, in the beginning of December, I was supposed to go, actually go on a Bigfoot hunt. I was invited, which I love Bigfoot, always have. Right. And unfortunately, because of Spooky uh, rescheduled, right. it's going to be during the weekend of Spooky. So, of course, Spooky is a, a big event for us, so uh, I'm much more obliged to do that. But uh, the next time there's a Bigfoot hunt, um, I was told uh, I'm right on the first of the list, which I can't wait for. Oh, would that, would that be your first Bigfoot hunt? Um, actually, I grew up in Naples, and we had the skunk ape down there and mm-hmm. stuff. And I used to walk around the woods uh, uh, younger and, you know, try to find Bigfoot. Of course, we didn't have any of the fancy stuff that we have all now. But, uh, you know, but other than that, yeah, that would be my actual, like, first Bigfoot hunt. All right. So, so if you were investigating uh, a, a ghost uh, haunting... What would be the most compelling thing you ever came across during your investigation days? What would be the most compelling? Well, I got poked in the chest. Like, no and doubt. There was nobody, yeah, like, poked hard in the chest. Um, and there was nobody within 15 feet of me. And it was, uh, you know, but I was, uh, I was talking shit. <laughs> and I guess the ghost didn't appreciate it and uh, poked me to let me know that he didn't appreciate it or she didn't appreciate it. Oh, so you were uh, trying to antagonize it so it would come out. Well, yeah, I was antagonizing. Uh, yeah, which I don't recommend. I mean, like I said, if you're going to get involved in the paranormal, you need to do your homework. You need to know what you can and can't do. And you need to know how to protect yourself. Uh, and safety is always first. Uh, you know what I mean? So... I, I always tell people that ask me, you know, how, how do we get involved? And I would love to get involved is I say study everything, you know, know what you're doing. You just can't pick up a piece of equipment, go into somewhere, and now you're a ghost hunter. You know what I mean? It's dangerous. Right. Now you're an injured person because you stepped in the hole in the floor in the abandoned building on the third floor. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. So, so I'm, I'm, It'll hurt you more than a paranormal. I wonder, I heard you guys say that before. I'm wondering, the UFO, have you ever had a compelling UFO investigation? Yes, actually. I, I haven't had an investigation, uh, but my UFO uh, started uh, back, like I said, I, I grew up in Naples. And Naples at the time, when I was there, was mostly the Everglades. Right. Built up city like it is now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Naples, Florida, and, uh, you know, where I grew up, uh, there was woods surrounding our neighborhood, and I remember walking with my friend, uh, Chuck, and we called him Bunky, 
and we were walking down the street, and out of the woods we seen some kind of oval craft come up out of the woods and pretty much fly overhead. And it was big. I, I can't tell you the dimensions now because, geez, I was 12, 13, and I'm old now. But, it, you know, it was, it was silent. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a helicopter. certainly wasn't a plane. And it was just a large object. And once it came up out of the woods or whatever, it just flew over our head and, and was gone. And uh, huh. I'll never forget that. And then one other time, I lived on five acres of Brooksville. And because, you know, there's no city lights and everything like that out where I was, um, I did watch what I saw, like two lights up in the sky that were like transferring <clears throat> something, pinging something back and forth that was really odd. Now, I'm not calling it a UFO. I don't know. I mean, it's a UFO to me because I couldn't identify it. Right. But so by definition... That, you know, other than that. So, I mean, my interest has always been in everything. Everything. You know? That's why I like the word paranormal investigator more than ghost hunter. Right, because that doesn't narrow it down. Right. Everybody wants to want to be able to ghost hunter, but I like paranormal investigator. That means I investigate the paranormal. Period. Right, because I don't think anyone really gets into paranormal investigating for the money. And I touched on that with Chance last week. You don't really get it, uh, a couple weeks ago, you don't really get into it uh, for the money because there's no money to be made. Uh, you're, no. There's a passion, there's a personal interest, there's a personal need to, to find the truth and get a better understanding. And you're also, you're helping people. Right. And when you're doing it residential. Yeah. So, so you guys, you guys didn't charge money. You guys went to residence, residential places and you checked out uh, their, their claims. Yeah. Yeah, never took a dime, never. See, because that's, that's, something, that's something that makes me think, you know, one of the most compelling things about paranormal investigators is they're laughed at. They're made fun of. It's true. People sit here, oh, they're paranormal guys. Ha, ha. Okay. And, and it's all skeptical all the time. But the fact is, you know, you guys are doing stuff that, that nobody else is doing, and that is you're, you're helping people with your on your own dime, on your own time. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, the funny thing is, is don't get me wrong, uh, I'm probably one of the most skeptical people in the field. Even though I do believe in ghosts and UFOs and, and uh, cryptozoids and stuff like that, it, the fact of the matter is I'm still a very factual guy, and, and I need the cold, hard facts, you know what I mean? I like the idea of Bigfoot. Now, do uh, is there really that much evidence to prove that he is? Well, not really, but to me, Chris, just like UFOs and Bigfoot and everything like that, when you have hundreds of thousands of people that have claimed to see that, mm-hmm. even if 1% of that is true, that means it's true. You know what I'm saying? Well, to put Bigfoot in perspective, although it does feel like we should have found something by now uh, definitive, uh, they, we have still, uh, I, I think I remember not five years ago, there was like an aborigine or some kind of uh, tribe found in the in the forest that no one knew was there. And uh, it oh, was, still, yeah. There's still so much undiscovered country in our, our on our planet. The Himalayas, not everything has been mapped out. The Amazon, hell, even places here in America, there are places that, you know what I mean, haven't been explored. They're untouched territories. Um, so, yeah, I, I did, the possibility of us missing something is still at this point. It, I, I, it's, it's, uh, I can agree with that. You know what I mean? New sea life all the time, new planets, and so it's just so much we do. It's so much we don't know. We thought we knew everything, didn't we? Yeah, well, that's why <laughs> you have to love exploration. 
really do. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's part of it's one of the main things that drives us is to explore and learn more about you know understanding what we are and where we are. Um, when you do this though, you run into something. I thought about this. You know, you talk about you know paranormal TV shows and radio shows, and you talk about uh, investigating. You gotta run into a lot of crazies. Like it's kind of hard to separate sometimes who's crazy, right, and who who's who's sincere and who just believes their own craziness. Yeah, that, that, and unfortunately, it's part of the field. Besides, uh, our pharmacy companies have given us uh, the plethora of great drugs that half of Americans are on now. So yeah, <laughs> you, you get your crazies, uh, and you. But you know what? But that's what a seasoned investigator or somebody knows what they're doing should be able to, in interviews and everything like that, be able to pull that out and know that, hey, there's something wrong here. And, you know, that's what a seasoned investigator is. That's, you know what I mean, somebody has done a homework. I mean, you've got to know psycho, uh, psychological stuff. You have to know, you know what I mean? You have to be a learned person to do this. You know what I mean? Like I said, picking up a meter and going somewhere doesn't make you a paranormal investigator. Right. It, it, you know what I mean? So... Uh, to all the novice out there, I'm not trying to bust your bubble, but go get educated and then come back with your fancy equipment and do something, you know? All right, so that was part one of Pat Webb from DeadX Radio. And uh, next week, we will talk more about DeadX Chronicles, the TV show they're working on. We'll talk more about, uh, about all these things as well as the question that I was really afraid to ask Pat that I ask every guest. Find out what Pat Webb thinks of the host of Come Get Some next week. But now, be good to each other. And that about sums it up. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come, come get it.